People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. All right, guys, welcome back. This is uh, beginning to be a weekly adventure for us. We're starting to get into the groove of doing these things. This week, we decided, Natalie and I decided, to talk about uh, the early days of our shows and some of the early days that she got to witness in magic and magic life. And helping you out. Yep. What do you remember from early, early on? Anything pop out in your head? Well, I remember I graduated from college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just asked you if I could work with you. And you said, sure. You said, that'll, this is great because that'll give me so much time to get so much done. I'll do yard work. I'll do this project and that project. And I think that lasted for like two days. And then you were back inside. You were back in the office doing stuff in the office. <laughs> I set up a second desk in the office and came to join you. Yeah. You know why that is, though? I think you didn't enjoy um, yard work as much as you thought it would Well, I don't enjoy yard work. But the other thing is I'm out there cutting grass and I'm thinking what I could do to improve my business. Yeah. And either I could pile on more chores for you or I could give myself busy work. Like, let me look into theaters. Let me look into these venues. Let's... uh mail envelopes to these people let's let's send press information to these people so that's what i started doing i came in the office it wasn't yeah. like i went in there and just started playing minesweeper or no no no. you you found stuff for you to do you found extra work you gave yourself work to do and look so. at our business look at what i did you did good babe. <laughs> good job but it was nice uh having you on the road with me what do you remember about those first shows you saw when you came on the road with me, what do you remember? Did you when help I, log in? Did you I help started, set up the show? What oh, did you do? I don't remember any of that. Yeah, I, uh huh. I helped you lug stuff in. I wasn't really part of the show in the first, in the very, very beginning of helping you. I just, I offered to help you bring stuff in. You showed me how to carry stuff so I wouldn't break it. And um, I, that's when I started helping you set up. And then somehow over the years, that has turned into. I set up pretty much everything now, <laughs> except for illusion shows. You set up big illusions and your banners, but for the most part. But anyway, you showed me how to set some stuff up, and I helped you set some stuff up. And and I really, and then that was it. I sat off to the side, and I wasn't really a part of the show, really, unless it was some sort of special occasion where you wanted to do something Fun. I do remember we went to a uh, firehouse or police house or something. Um, it was a Christmas party or some sort of get together. And you normally I just help you load in and then I watch the show and I help you load out. And but this time you're like, I want to do something different because I, you've been there for a few years in a row. And um, so you did that the head thing. Murder Incorporated is yeah, what it's Yeah, there you go. Murder Incorporated, where my head goes in a box, and then it, you put swords through it, and then you open it up and show my head's disappeared. But I'm still sitting there holding the box on my head, but my head's gone. So, yeah. 
I do remember that. That's funny. 12 years ago, that was a big illusion for me. Was it? <laughs> well, no. I, I saved up hundreds of dollars to pay for that yeah. thing. I wanted to use it. You used it. That's funny. Yeah. No, it was nice having you on the road with me because I'd been working for 10 years doing not 400 shows a year, but lots of shows, lots of weekends, and lots of traveling. And it gets real boring real fast. Like today's show is just an hour and a half away in each direction. Yeah. But it's nice to have company keep you awake on those drives. It's nice yeah. to have people to spend time with. My mom would say misery loves company. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to. No, because, <laughs> because the, the travel Hard part race. is the hardest part. It really is. But it makes it way more fun when I have you with me. And yeah, I can listen to a podcast. I can listen to Sirius Satellite Radio. But then that's only one step uh, to share that with somebody and laughing and looking over and seeing you laughing at podcasts and Sirius. It just makes it more fun. And we've been able to have Lana stop on roadside attractions and yeah. see stuff and go to malls and different things. Take our time. When we have the time, we can take our time and do special stuff with Lana. So that's fun. And then we're already out. So And yeah. we're already all together. Yep. What do you remember about the office work? Did I just throw you in the office and say, I'm going to go cut the grass? Or did I? Well. Because, the... I mean, you were my girlfriend. So I, I'm sure I wasn't really bossy to you. It wasn't like do this, do this. It was probably on eggshells. No, I, yeah, I mean, you weren't mean about it, but you showed me how to do things. You had a, a list of people that you were in contact with that were, you know, had gotten information but hadn't booked anything yet. So you're like, once a week, you just follow up with this list of people and here's the contract. At the time, it was all just, it wasn't on the computer. It was all written down on contracts. And at the time that I joined you, it was fairly simple and easy because you were pretty much just doing birthday parties. Uh, you did some company things like for summer shows, like their company picnics and their or Christmas, Christmas time. time. But for the most part, it was a lot of birthday parties, which is fine. You were doing great with birthday parties. But it was, those are just, they're so simple. Looking back, they're so simple. So you had the contracts, and you're just like, fill these blanks in, and you're good to go. I was like, okay. Where is it at? What time? Yeah. This is how much it costs. Go down that piece of paper. Which, in essence, it kind of still is that. But there's a lot more steps now, and it's a, it's a little bit more complicated. Especially with larger shows or bigger companies and it's on the computer now, so you can email them a contract and get them to sign it <laughs> instead of just taking people's word for it. But yeah, that was pretty much, it was pretty straightforward, pretty easy. I was nervous about calling customers that you had dealt with for years upon years because I'm going, hi, my name is Natalie and I'm with Wes Eisley Magician. They're like, what? Um... Yeah, so Wes, the magician that you hire every year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What about him? Well, I'm booking his shows now. It was just awkward. And it was, I, was, I was very nervous about calling these people you dealt with for years. All of them were really nice as far as I remember. I don't remember anybody going, well, I don't want to deal with you. Um, so that was good. But that was, I was nervous about calling people because they got used to you. They know you. You know, it was nerve-wracking for me to take over some of that stuff. And over the years, I've only heard you complain about that twice. And yeah. both of it was because of 
like sexism. Like you'll say, "Hey, this is Natalie." It was it's a it's one of our resorts, and it is one of our um, uh, company shows that we do every year. And you know what? Neither one of those you didn't have either one of those when I started with you. That is just they have come up in the past. You know, ten. Yeah, since I yeah since I started with you, they were past they 10 were years. new. And yeah, both of them, male, for some reason, don't want to deal with me. So even though they talk to me on the phone and um, I sign my name on the email, every time they answer an email back, it's not addressed to me. It's addressed to you. And if I leave a voicemail, they do not return it. But if I get you to call and leave a voicemail... They'll return it. They return it quickly. Yes. But the thing is, I don't want to deal with them. And not because I don't want to deal with them. It's because they're asking dates or can you move the time around here? I don't know. You need to talk to Natalie because I don't know what we have before that, what we have after that. We got to travel to the one show really far. And it's like, eh, I don't know. I need you to talk to my wife. I really need you. If this is male chauvinism, if this is whatever your glitch is. I really need you to talk to Natalie because I don't know. Yeah. They always ended up on the phone with me. It always ended up, you know, you get a phone call back and, and talk to me and be like, all right, well, here she is. Or it would be me answering and they'd be like, hey, this is so-and-so. Can I talk to Wes? I'm like, and I would just say, well, he's not here. Can I help you? Because I know what they're calling for. I, I, <laughs> I'm the one that sent the email. I'm the one that left the voicemail. I know what's going on. So they would always end up talking to me, but for some reason, they didn't want to. And our desks are separated by an industrial printer, which is three foot away from her. So when she get, answers the phone and says, uh, he's not here right now, what can I help you with? I'm, I'm tapping her on the shoulder. I'm right here. <laughs> and I'm waving you away. Go away, go away. I know what I'm doing. Leave me alone. I got this. But yeah, that's only happened to two people. And and I don't know why. I don't know if it was maybe it's just the way they were raised. Maybe they don't like me for some reason. I, I could don't be a know. corporate thing. They're used to in the corporate world. They're more used to talking to men. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but they always end up talking to me. We got the shows booked, and there you go. And then when we're at the shows, it's pretty much they talk to you. They may say hi to me when you're there. They never treated me bad. It's just they didn't really want to deal with me for some reason. What it is is I'm the celebrity. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, they want they want they want full access. They want direct access. Ah, uh-huh. well, See. tough. They don't get it. If they want a show, <laughs> they have to deal with me. <laughs> um. So as far as everything, I had you paying the bills when we first came in. I think I started I had you... paying the bills when we got married. Well, I think when we got married is when I took over that. Really? I think, I think I'm pretty sure. I didn't have you take over. The, I can imagine me just saying, it, "Here's everything. It just it pay the bills have, too." Pretty, well, when I took over the bills, that's kind of what you did. It may have been a little bit before we got married because we maybe it was when we got engaged. Because uh, we did, we ended up mixing our money because why not? We're making the same money and we're working together. So it was at some point between engagement and marriage, and I took over. And that was very interesting. It was an interesting thing to take over because I was doing. I don't the, I know was what doing, you were doing. I was doing the working. best I could. I was doing the best I could. <laughs> oh, my. Because you get um, a notice of 
you are late. This is going to get cut off on one thing. And then on another thing, it was the water bill. It was, you have a hundreds of dollar credit. I'm like, honey, you, you don't need to pay the water for like months upon months. You got a credit beyond anything. But this bill here, you haven't paid in three months. <laughs> you got to get that one back up. Oh my goodness, it was crazy. It so was... in my head, I thought you had to pay the first notice, second notice, and third notice. I just never thought about it because the bills just stacked up, so I just paid them. So if I got if I got third notice on a water bill, I paid first, second, and third. Yeah, and so water was great. We were I don't think we paid water for a good eight months, probably. And then, but then there were other things. That well, and that was a small scary. bill, and that was a small bill. So when I had money coming in, I could pay that one. Yeah. I could do that one. I yeah. get that check, check, checked it off the list. Um, but it was very much when I started, and and when you came to work for me, uh, I was doing great in restaurants. I was making lots of money, and you know, I, I told people back then when I was in college, fifteen hundred dollars a week, I was making more money than my mom and dad. But when you came to work for me. That money immediately got cut in half because now I had double the groceries, double the this, double the that, and then I was. Hey, you're the one that told me I could work for well, you. Well, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no. But I started. It started becoming, you know, paycheck to paycheck and feast and famine. You know, there was busy seasons and slow seasons, and the restaurants just weren't cutting it anymore. Yeah, and, and that's we, when and I got we, behind. And we learned the hard way too with all of that because we would have great summer schedule. And make a ton of money. This is where you're young and you're stupid. And when you have money coming in, you're like, oh, yay, we can afford this extravagant thing that we've wanted but don't need. And then that's in the feast season. And come famine season, you're looking at that item going, oh. Can't eat that. I know. (laughs) I wish we hadn't bought that. That money in savings would be wonderful right now. So we did that. We're Apparently, we're hard-headed. Because we did that a couple years in a row before we finally realized, hmm, maybe we should stick some money in savings during the good times to be able to fall back on during the slow times. So, But when you're making money hand over fist in the summertime right? Uh, for three months in a row, four months in a row, and I'm talking stacks of cash, you don't see an end because every single day you're getting hundreds and hundreds of dollars every single day. And it's like, wow, wow. Yeah, I can yeah. afford that. Yeah, I can afford that. And it's so busy. It's like I want to – and and again, this is us being young and naive. It's like we've been so busy working so hard. Let's Let's reward ourselves. We'll reward ourselves and we'll get this something we want but we don't need and cost a lot of money. And then, yeah. But it worked out. God always took care of us in the, in the slow season. Anytime we were, because we, woo, there was a couple times we stretched some money out. And, um, but it always seemed like when we were, when we were desperate, it was like, oh, Wes, I don't have $300 to pay this bill this month. It's not here. And just be freaking out about it and praying about it. And then I'd walk out to the mailbox and there would be a $300 deposit from the fair that we'd be working that summer that came in February. And I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. Or the phone hasn't rung all week long. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, 
you get two shows or yeah or you get three shows and you take deposits and, right yeah and it's just it always worked out it, it's amazing and i just it amazes me every time that happens and it i just i'd be thanking god i would just be sometimes with tears in my eyes thank you jesus thank you thank you thank you because that's exactly what we needed. He knew we needed it. He provided. Do you remember when we, um, one of your first shows that we went to was Halloween time? Oh, yes. And it was snowing. Okay, so yeah. And they told us, we called on the way, and they were like, no, we still want you. And as we got there and we're unloading, it was snowing. And then they said, yeah, well, Margaret and Bob can't come. They're stuck in the snow. And then people came during the show, and they're like, man, it's getting bad out there. Sorry we're late. We just got here. Yeah. And then once I'm done with my show, okay, guys, goodbye. Yeah. And then we're in the old magic van that's front-wheel drive, rear-wheel, I don't know. Whatever's bad for snow, that's what we had. (laughs) Do you remember that gig? I remember it. I remember it very much. They had a. I remember. I remember the the place and everything. They have a beautiful house. I'd worked with them several were, years. Several. They were out. They were out. I wouldn't say they were out in the boonies, but it felt like that getting there. But they had neighbors. I mean, not right next door, but I it guess kind of like here ish. But I mean, it was still. You had to go back roads to get to their house. There was no choice. It's not like you could take a big road or a back road. You There was only back roads. And, of course, those are the last ones to be scraped. And it just, yeah, it got worse and worse. It, I don't think it had started. Maybe it was flurrying when we got there. But then it got bad fast. And we were driving on snow trying to get home. And it didn't work. It did not work at all. Somehow, some way, I ended up in a ditch. I just, it, you started, it was like you were floating on the snow. There was no traction. You tried to move the wheel one way, tried to move the other. Uh, it just, no matter what you did, braking didn't work. None of it. We just went right off the side of the road. And it was a ditch. It was a good ditch. It was a scary ditch. I have a big magic van. My new yeah. one. It was like my new one. It's big. Right. Extended big cab. Box. And um we were daggone near sideways. Yeah. Like, yes. My my yes. If I, I rolled down the crying. window, I think if I rolled down the window and just leaned a little bit, I probably could have touched the ground. I mean we were I was scared. And when I got out, you were crying? I, I was at least teary eyed, but I was worried. I was very scared because I was I didn't want to move anymore because I wasn't sure if we would tip over the rest of the way. And you just left. <laughs> Didn't see. I had to go find help. Yeah. I was keeping you in the warm. Stay like, in the car. It's warm ah. in there. Yeah, but it was scary. And so one guy came along. Apparently there was a huge pile up. 22 car pile up. I remember oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huge pile up on the main road. And um, one tow truck was passing by and he wanted to get there. But... Um, he was like, sure, I'll, I'll pull you out, but i got to be quick. I can't take you anywhere. I just pull you out and put you back on the road. Great, thanks. And we'll just, we were thinking, when we get out, we'll just go really, really slow, slower than what we were doing before, and we'll try to get somewhere. And he said he had to do it off the books, so it was like $100 cash. I'm like, yeah. whatever, dude. I don't want to freeze to death. Uh, whatever. 
Yeah, and luckily I think they had paid us cash mm-hmm. at the show, so you had it, and I think it was more than that, but whatever. It was it was stupid how much he charged just to get us out of a ditch and we were stick desperate. us on the road. We were but, desperate. Yep, we were desperate. So he did that. He got us on the road, and as he's driving off, we go right back in the ditch. Oh, 100 yards down. We yeah. made it 100 yards closer to home. Yep. But um, we ended up across the street from a driveway of a really nice family. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy came out, and we were we were leery at first because we were like, yeah. But he was like, man, do you want to come in? It's warm inside. You can call a tow truck and just wait in the warmth. And, and we were like, oh, thank you. And they were a really sweet family. It was a, a couple, and they had a little kid. And we just went inside, and they were really nice to us, and we waited for a tow truck, which took a while, because... 22-car pileup. 22-car pileup. But when they finally got there, um, this guy was a godsend. He was way better. He was like, I'm going to get you out, and I'm going to take you to a hotel, and you stay at that hotel. He's like, I'm not, I don't want to do what the other guy did, so we end up in a ditch again. So we were like, oh, thank you so much. So he... He took the time, and at that point, we were out of cash because the other guy had taken all the cash that we had. And so he was so nice, and he didn't have a credit card machine on him or anything like that. I don't remember this. I do. He gave us a card, and he said, you call me, and you pay me. I thought he said, here's the card in case you guys need us ever again. No, he let us pay him later. Without knowing. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes. So he not only got us out of the ditch, he took us to a hotel, a good hotel. He passed a couple hotels. He said, we're not going to those because I know those. You don't want to stay there. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. So he took us to one that he knew was a good hotel. And we were like, we don't have any cash. We have a card. I don't have a card machine. Here, here's my card. Call me tomorrow or whenever you get back to your house. And... I can, you know, you pay me over the phone. Then why he didn't just write down our number, I, like our card number? He could have kept it. I don't remember. But he didn't. He, he told us to that. call him and pay him later. Yeah. And we did because, and we were like, we will recommend you to everybody. I wish I remembered what tow company it was now because he was <laughs> awesome. But, I mean, it, it was, yeah. I just remember that um, my my new girlfriend, my fiance, whatever, I was trying to get you dinner from 7-Eleven. And I'm trying to come up with an entire dinner because 7-Eleven was nearby the hotel. Yeah. And we hadn't eaten. No, we hadn't eaten. Yeah, you wa- and it took hours to get out of the ditch into a hotel. Yeah, you wa- I remember that. You walked to a 7-Eleven and you just got a bunch of junk food. And it was fine. It was food. It was a snowstorm. It worked. Trying to provide. We, we didn't go hungry. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, my. But we definitely lost money on that oh, show. Oh, we lost lots of money on that show. One, the first tow truck guy was a sham, took took all our cash. And then we needed to pay the second tow truck guy, which got us out of a ditch and to a hotel and was really nice. And I think he ended up being cheaper than the guy that pulled us out of yes. the ditch first time. Yes. And then, of course, you have to that. pay for the hotel as well. So, Yeah. My, but hey, you know, the show must go on, and we did the show, we just didn't get well, home that night. 
And I ask them, are you guys still having your party? Then we're there. We're going to do everything we can to be yeah, there. I'm not yeah. going to bail on somebody. Because there's things like that where they call for snow and it's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. And then it just flurries and everything's fine. And, you know, if you call them and say, oh, the weather's going to be horrible. We're not going to show up. And they're like, ah, we're going to have our party anyway. Well, now you've, I don't know. It's like you put a bad taste in their mouth or something and because you canceled on weather that could have been right. and wasn't. So, Man, no, we tell people, we're going to do everything we can to be there. Yeah. Yep. Um, the only thing I remember about sitting there waiting for that second tow truck in that, those people's home, I don't remember the house, I don't remember anything, but I remember there was a Drew Barrymore movie on TV. Oh, yeah, I don't remember that And part. we watched Daggone Near the whole thing. It, yeah. 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 What about our first illusion show when we really thought we'd made it? We were so cute. <laughs> <laughs> it was for a park and rec, parks and rec department. Um, Shenandoah County. I remember oh, okay. that. Okay, Shenandoah County. Yeah, parks and rec. They hired us to do our big magic and illusion show, and it was our first one. And we had gotten a trailer to drag behind the van, and we just thought we were something. And they had it at their. Um, it was a gymnasium. That had a stage, so there was a, a good-sized stage we performed on, but they pulled the bleachers out on the one side, and then they had chairs on the on the gym floor, and then we were on the stage, and we were just thrilled. We were so excited. We probably got there way too early that day to start setting up, but it was our first show, and we just knew we had made it. We hit the big time, and we had two illusions, two big illusions in the show. They were good illusions. They were good illusions. But we were just like, this is a magic and illusion show. Full evening magic and illusion show with two illusions. One in the beginning and one to end with the finale. And it was just, it's funny to look back on because at the time, there really was a big show, a big illusion show for us. Those were our only two illusions that we owned. But it's funny to, and you have to start somewhere. You can't down it. You have to start somewhere. And, um... But nowadays, a full evening magic and illusion show has a good, at least five illusions in them. Yeah. It feels like, you know, in an hour and a half, that feels like illusion after illusion after illusion. So, which is fun. I yeah. like the big illusions. But, yeah, can't down it. But it was, it was interesting with our new trailer. Well, we got there, <laughs> we got there for like an eight o'clock show, seven o'clock show. We probably got there at noon. Because... Mm-hmm. We didn't know. And you don't never you never know at any illusion show what you're gonna run into. Oh, the stage will be clean. I can't believe the the local Boy Scouts still had the tables there and the backdrops for their play and the this and the that. And the first hour and a half you're there, you're moving equipment. That happens they a get, lot. Yeah, that does happen. And so you gotta know how long it takes you to set up your show and then add extra time for just in cases like that. But when we got there, if you open up the back doors of the uh, van, it was hard to get to because the trailer was attached. So we backed down the hill and the, the trailer to load into the show, and we had to kind of go down a hill a little bit. And um, we got close to the doors, and I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to drop the trailer, and then I can get into the van a lot easier. And Natalie said, okay. We didn't know. <laughs> and as soon as I dropped the trailer, the trailer started rolling towards the building uh, Yes. quickly. See, we, this is the first, we had bought the trailer, all excited that we had illusions to put inside of it, but this was the first 
time that we had really used it. And it would have been fine if we had something to put behind the tires, but did that cross our minds at all? Parking on a hill and detaching the trailer from the van? No, it did not. And I knew how much we had paid for that trailer, and I was not going to let that trailer crash into anything. So Natalie jumps out the car and runs down the hill and catches it. And that's all I remember. I grabbed it. I grabbed where it attaches to the van, the hitch. I grabbed oh, you it. didn't grab it like Superman on the other side where you can get run over. No, I grabbed See, it. I don't, I don't know how you no, stopped it. No, I didn't want to. I just held on. And you said, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> <laughs> and you backed the van up and somehow, some way, we got it reattached. And we just looked at each other and we were like, never again. And <laughs> I was so, also happy that I <laughs> that I'd figured out how to unattach the trailer and attach the trailer. So I was probably showing off those skills. Look, I have man skills. Right. I can attach the trailer and unattach it. I can well, do this. Thank God and you can attach like it at that point. And then yeah. I'm like an idiot right away. <laughs> and and it was uh, nice that there was nobody else in the parking oh, lot at the there's time. No one there. <laughs> Golly, yeah. No, that was. I just I did not want that trailer wrecking, and I guess it's. One of those things where your adrenaline just starts going because... Like the mom that rips the car door right, off. Right, exactly. And um, so I held on to that trailer. I'm, I don't really... I know we got it reattached. I'm, I don't remember exactly the process, but I know you backed the van up and helped, you know, obviously, get it back on there. But I, oh, it was scary. That was a very scary moment because it was a brand new trailer. First time we used it and we were going to wreck it because we were, we were dumb. We didn't know what we were doing. And as far as the two illusions, I had talked to, um, there's a, what I consider a famous magician named, you may have never heard of him, but for me, it's a famous magician named Rick Thomas who uh, used to have uh, white tigers in his show. And he's an awesome magician, awesome entertainer, awesome yeah. guy. Everything yeah. about him is just really cool. Yep. And um, after after his show, Natalie and I went to go see him, and I, we had a little meet and greet afterwards. And I said, you know, I, I want to do illusions in my show. Do you have any tips? And he said, don't overwhelm yourself. Most magicians start buying, 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 and then they have to have a warehouse to keep the illusions in. And then they're paying warehouse fees and all this, and they don't have any shows. Just buy one illusion a year. It's something new enough that you can bring into the show and then you can revamp your other ones and take them in and out eventually. Yeah, you can and switch it around. Yeah, he said before you know it, you're going to have more than you need. And then you can, you know, if you need to skip a year buying an illusion, that's fine. Because you can stick one in you haven't done for years. And retire something for else for a couple of years. So, so Natalie and I have done that. Yes. And uh, she gives me a, a allowance for magic every <laughs> year. And I'll shop around and look for something that I think we can use or we need. The only time that I skipped a year was when I bought the big projector and the big screen because that cost around what an illusion would cost or yeah. budget-wise. We mean, considered that an, our illusion for the yeah, year. Yeah, because we did close-up magic on the big screen with the with the big high-end projector. So Yeah. Yeah. But thank a, you, Rick Thomas. You're awesome. Yeah, that was a good... That was a very good tip. That was awesome. So, but yeah, that first show, it, it went really well. Your mom came to it. She was very gung-ho. She got there early. And um, she was very supportive, very excited. Front row. I, yeah, front row, clapping loud. 
Taking pictures. I, I told Wes that I'm surprised she didn't bring her cow cowbell from his football days. Ring it after every illusion. <laughs> Whenever my team would do anything, she'd ring a cowbell. And I was so embarrassed. But after a couple of seasons of playing football, your mom wasn't at the stage at the place tonight at the football field. Yeah. Oh, man, we missed her. Aww. We missed her. Because they liked the adrenaline. They liked hearing her ring her cowbell. Yeah. Embarrassed the heck out of me. I was just sitting on the bench, Mom. You don't need to ring <laughs> Well, you weren't sitting on the bench during this show. No. So, and she was very proud. You could tell how proud she was of you. But even with your mom there afterwards, you got a little teary-eyed and emotional because your dad wasn't there. I just remember crying on the way home, yeah. thinking how proud Dad would have been. Yeah. Dad wished Dad could have seen my big show and now since then it's like that was nothing but it was something at the time at that time that was i had made it we were doing illusions and we you know they may have had 300 people in that room that night but you know but at the time that was our biggest show and and it it was a big step forward for us we had something new that was available yeah yeah so yeah another cool thing we did way back when was uh we got hired at the British Embassy. Yes. And I remember telling your dad, you know, we're going to work the British Embassy. And he's like, well, you better buy a new suit. You better. I'm like, I'm an entertainer. I, I, my show clothes is my suit. I don't suit. remember that. Yeah. He wow. was like, you better buy a new suit. You can't wear your Party Magic logo polo shirt. You need to have a new suit. Did you dress up a little nicer? I don't think I so. I don't remember. I, I, I don't know. That's one part I don't remember. Yeah, this was, and this was after we got married, right? But before we had Lana. Right. Yeah. So, that and that was a neat show. But you pull up, and obviously they're very high security, so you pull the van up, and they do their whole... Mirrors under the car. Right. Dogs sniffing everything. Yes. And then I had to Opening warn them. Opening the back doors and looking in, yeah. I had to warn them. I have bunny rabbits and birds back there. The dogs might go crazy. Oh, no, they're trained. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They don't care about a bunny rabbit in a cage that yeah. they can... Yeah. But, yeah, we passed, so <laughs> we were able to go in. We got in. And it was just... It was beautiful inside. They decorated amazingly well for Christmas. It was awesome. They had multiple Christmas trees, but this one Christmas tree that they had was just amazing. It was huge. We have, we have, we tried to take pictures next to it, mm. but it was so big. There was no getting the whole tree in there, but I know we have pictures and you can just see how big the base of the tree is, but you don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Yes. I'll probably see that picture in my computer and you, don't even remember yeah. it. it's from that show you may i thought the only picture we got from that show was me fanning cards in front of the british embassy sign out front possibly but i think we we took this picture because they did stuff afterwards so it must have been when we were loading in okay. um but yeah it was a huge christmas tree and we saw it and we thought it was beautiful but they really decorated really nice the only problem with with the place beautiful it was beautiful stairs, red carpeted, no elevator, and they wanted big illusion. They wanted, so, I think we did a couple. I think so too, and so we had to lug them up the steps, and it wasn't normal steps. It was those wide steps where you go up one step and take three, three step, like, okay, so you go up a stair, then you have to take three steps before you go up the next stair. They were wide. Yes, and it, that... That made it 
harder, it seemed like anyway, to get up there. Maybe that really, to carry an illusion, maybe that's better. I don't, I don't know. So you're not straight up and down. I remember those steps. That was horrible because you yeah. couldn't take the dolly. No, you couldn't take the dolly for anything. Everything was hand carried up. Everything. And the show went great, and we got to see the British ambassador. He was walking in front of us down a hallway, and the person walking us around. That's him. That's him. That's him. Yeah, we saw him. We didn't get to meet him. Well, he never even turned around or anything. We Mm -hmm. just saw him walk into an office. Yeah. But um, the thing that stands out the most for me was it was a Christmas party, and Santa had uh, come for the kids at the end of the party. Yeah. And Santa came through the window... Did he? Yeah. I don't remember com- coming through the window. That's cool. I-, I was asking if that was a British thing. Coming through the window? Coming through the window. Is it? I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, you didn't get... Oh, or maybe okay. maybe like he only comes through the chimney on Christmas, but when he does visits, he comes through the window normally. I don't know. I don't know. But what is your memory of Santa? He was skinny. They had a skinny Santa. And I was like, oh, that's weird. He's not wearing a fat suit or anything. He's skinny. Apparently, he's skinny. Over there. It was Father Christmas. And he had a British accent. Of course, you're at the British Embassy, so of course he has a British accent. But to me and you, we were like, he's got a British accent. That's the real Santa. <laughs> it was cool. He was a good yeah. Santa, too. He, he was really awesome. was. Yeah. He, he was a great Santa. That was really neat to see. We're packing up, but we're watching Santa, so we're slowly packing up. <laughs> <laughs> we're taking our time. <laughs> Well, we're we were like also kids watching Santa Claus. It was like that's the real Santa. I felt like I was six again watching yeah, that Santa. Yeah, it was awesome. That was a neat show. And uh, I know the weirdest part for me in that show was having security check my van and everything, and I'm fine with that. But then um, one of our illusions, I put Natalie in a box and put swords in the box, and I had to carry all these swords. I didn't have a case for the swords; they were just loose in my van. And I remember walking up those steps with swords. And I'm like, nobody cares about this? Nobody's even asking? Okay. It was just... Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. But it was a good night. I guess they weren't too concerned about you because they knew you were the magician. Yeah. They got it, I guess. Yeah. Out of the blue, um, early on, well, I'm saying back in that time frame somewhere... I got a call asking if I would teach magic lessons. And apparently you booked everything. Because I still, to, to this day, have a hard time with magic lessons. I don't know how to charge for them. Because it's an opportunity cost. I could do a magic show or I could teach you lessons. Yeah. Well, I don't feel right charging you what I charge at a magic show. But I can't lose money either. And it's a it's a tightrope act. I, I think what I did was I charged them like it was close-up magic. For, charge them per hour, whatever okay. our, our fee was for close-up magic at the time. And then if the fee went up for close-up magic, I asked them if they could go up. Yeah. And it was always a yes. Yeah. So, well, but, and plus the, the easier thing was it was usually, it was one of his electives during school. They considered it a school elective. So... It was always during the week, during the day. Which was easy. During the school year. So it wasn't like it was during the week, during the day, during the summer where we could be doing a... Yeah, I never taught him during summer. No, it was always during the school year. So um, you just got to be careful. We can't say any names. No. But um, 
when I got hired to do it, they said, hey, can you meet me in a shopping center? And we just need to sign some paperwork and we'll start the classes. Okay, whatever. And I meet and it's a black sedan and uh, a couple of them. And these guys get out and have me sign paperwork on the hood of their car. I don't know what I signed. Natalie wasn't there to proofread it. Good job, honey. Yeah. <laughs> but I signed confidentiality agreements pretty much. Um, I think they were afraid their kid would get kidnapped. They didn't want me talking about the kid, talking about where they lived. Right. Talking about any ins and outs or maybe travel plans. I mean, they don't right. want their house robbed. Yeah. They owned several houses. They didn't want it robbed when they weren't there. Because I would hear things that, hey, we're going... To France, we're going to Italy. Well, we're they going... let you. They let you know, hey, we're you know, or wh- whoever was booking the show, or the lessons would be like, okay, so we want weekly lessons or bi-weekly lessons. You know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, all these weeks. However, we need to skip this week because they're going on vacation. Right. And I mean, they wouldn't. They'll always be in Tahiti. Tell us, they, they they wouldn't tell us where. I think the boy would end up telling you where. Yeah. But um, when they were booking it, they would they would just say we're going on vacation. But even that knowledge, you could have gone and told somebody. Yeah. Go rob them now. They're on vacation. You know. So, I mean. But they I, knew I, I we were cool. Understand. They knew yeah. we were cool. Well. Um. Eventually. Yeah. They made you sign all that paperwork first. <laughs> but uh. I taught him lessons from when he was nine years old to when he was 13 years old. And when he was homeschooled and, you know, I I would pull, I'd be pulling in as the tennis instructor was pulling out. And then I would be pulling out as the chef was pulling in. They had their own private chef, but they also um, had chef classes where they taught the kid how to cook professional meals. Cool. He had his own $500 set of steak knives that he could cut and prepare yeah. meals with. But there was all kinds of different instructors coming in. I know he took uh, karate lessons. He had this. He had this. It was like they outsourced every lesson to have the best lessons he could have. Yeah. Which is awesome. If you have yeah. the money to do that, that's awesome. Yeah. Also overwhelming. So they had to have like a... Like he had his own personal assistant to take him places and do things for him. Right. Because he and you know eventually I think it was the it wasn't the first year but sometime after that he wanted different magic tricks and things and you're like I I can't just buy them so they ended up giving you a uh what do you call it a stipend yeah to order magic magic tricks so you check in and you'd be like all right well he wants this 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 and this and it costs this much and they'd be like yeah that's fine go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> they never have a problem with what you would order him, but you felt like you needed to tell him, hey, I'm going to order him with this, this money that you gave me for the magic. I'm going to order this stuff. And they were always fine with it. And if you ran out of money and he wanted something else, you just go back and say, hey, you know. Well, eventually so he had a huge... They ended up trusting you very much because they would give you that, that money family. to... I miss them so much. ...to buy magic um, for him. Eventually, he had a huge walk-in closet just full of magic. Yeah. And, what you know, what was weird to me was I would do a magic trick because they had me at several shows throughout the year. And I would do a magic trick at that show and he's like, yeah, I'd like to buy that one. I like the table that you're using and I want that dove pan or dove trick. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you don't have a dove and why do you need a... $400 table to work off of. Well, you have one and it's the best one, right? 
I think it's the best one on the market, then I need it. Yeah. So, uh, what? He's got the same table that I have? I'm an adult, and I had to save up for it, and he just snapped his fingers and got it. Yeah. Wow. But he got one. Yeah. He got a good one. And, um, yeah, I miss that family so much. They were really, really nice. I mean, they could have been... They could have been very snobby and you're below me. Well, some of the higher-end resorts were, and hotels that we work yeah. treat us like we're just staff, right. you know, and, and our, our country were, clubs. Yeah. You and enter through the basement and go through the kitchen. You don't, the staff doesn't see you load right. in. The hope is the, not to be seen. The yes. clients don't see you load right. in, right. So but but, they, they didn't act like that at all. They were always really nice. We got very there. Very nice. We got there one time, and uh, we were trying to enter through the upstairs to go to the downstairs. The way they do their parties was uh, the kids' family area was downstairs, but adults only upstairs. And by the time it was my show, everybody went downstairs to mingle and enjoy the party. Mm -hmm. But I was downstairs in the kids' area during their white glove service and during their meal time and... You know, they would, at Christmas time, they would make gingerbread houses and they had all the ingredients for all the kids to put gingerbread houses together and all that. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. And then um, when it was showtime, the adults would come downstairs and everybody get together. Yeah. But we weren't allowed to enter in upstairs just to even say hi and then go downstairs once because they had a famous opera singer that they'd shipped in from Italy that was singing in their, in their, living room upstairs. Do you remember that? I do. They were putting on a, a full show and they were like, yeah, that's that's such and such. They flew her in on a private jet from Italy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they it was crazy. That was a fun... They were fun to work with. and They were. You never knew what you were going to see. Right. Um, one time they invited us to a show, a party that we didn't have to work. We were the guests. Yeah. It was a Christmas party. They were having a big old Christmas party and they said, we don't... We would just like you to attend. We don't, we don't want you to work. We want you to have fun um, and just come and attend the party. And we're like, Are you sure? Wow. Can I do close-up magic at the tables? Yeah, Can I do something? No, no. You, you do plenty of for us at different parties that we have. And we just want you to enjoy yourself and have fun and just come to this party. And we're like, that's amazing. Natalie okay. said that's amazing. I was saying... Are you sure? I can't do close-up magic. It's hard for me to turn off at a party. It's hard for me to sit back. I feel like a wallflower. It's either I'm on or I'm a wallflower. Well, I thought it was fun. It we was, had fun that awesome. night, though, but I yeah. was leery looking going into it. Yeah, and this was, this was pre-Lana as well. So, um, yeah. So, what, when we got there, though, they made you... Um, they made you check your cell phones. You weren't allowed to take pictures. No cameras allowed. Um, because it was their private party. They didn't want people putting stuff up on social media or anything like that. And they just wanted to be able to have fun and not worry about people taking pictures, which I can understand. So we got in there and they had a cocktail hour first where everybody came in. It was a huge, it sounds weird, but I mean, it was a hallway, but it it wasn't like a skinny little hall. It was a huge hallway. And they had... Ice sculptures that you could get drinks out of. They had Cirque du Soleil people performing in the cocktail hour. They had... Living statue people. Living statue people. They had them there and inside the the room that they had their party in. So you had cocktail hour and then you got to go in and um, you found out what table you were at. And you sat at your table and there was a huge buffet. 
Um, and there was two of them so that it wasn't inconvenient for somebody on one side of the, the room to have to walk all the way up over to the other side to the buffet. They had identical buffets on each side. They did it right. They had a dessert buffet. They had a dance floor, a live band, um, people on stilts, live statues again. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It was beautiful and it was all decorated for Christmas. And Wes and I took some of their ideas of decorating that we could afford. <laughs> Nothing like ice sculptures. But, um, and we used those for our, our family Christmas dinner that we did later. Because we just thought it was so cool. It was awesome. Yeah. And they had, uh, that was the first time we saw an ice sculpture drink luge. Yeah. Where you, um, they would they would pour, I don't know, eggnog or your alcohol through the, the funnel. And it, you'd see it go all the way through the ice sculpture. And you put your mouth at the bottom and catch everything that falls. Um, and it would freeze it or chill it as chill it went it, through. Yeah. It was very neat. Um, it was, I, it, I thought it was really fun. It was really fun to, to be at and. And just to be invited, I, I felt special that we were just invited and we didn't have to work. I thought that was really cool. Um, that doesn't happen very often, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. And the, the meals, besides the two buffets, they also had a dessert. And back in the hallway, they redecorated the hallway during the party. While you're eating to, dinner, to, yeah. To, they had photographers out there taking like portrait pictures. Uh-huh. And then they had... Um, the dessert bar out there and the alcohol, another alcohol bar out there in the hallway. Yeah. So, like, they revamped all that. I mean, they did this place up. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And you tried duck for the first time? I did. I was like, well, I'm going to try it. And then I brought it back to the table. I was like, Wes, I got duck. And then I immediately felt guilty that I got duck since we have ducks. And we use them in the show. And we use them in the show. I'm like, oh. I don't know if I can... Well, I put it on my plate. I'll try it. I don't like duck. <laughs> it's too fatty. It's very, very fatty and greasy, and I it, I didn't enjoy it. But then I felt really bad that I even tried it. <laughs> but they had, like, deviled quail eggs there. Yeah. I mean, they had... I mean, it, quail eggs are so small. It's like a duff egg. I mean, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's not much egg there. Right. So, but the rest of the food was delicious. They had a couple fancy things, but... The rest of it was delicious. But it was a very neat experience. It was a lot of fun. It was a neat experience. And we got all gussied up to go. Fancy party. Oh, yeah. I wore, I wore a suit. You, your, my mom let you borrow her mink jacket. Yes. Her mink coat. Yes, she did. Do I you still have that upstairs? I do. Yeah. Yeah. She was, she I was, was very I, happy I, that you used it. I gave it back to her. And like two weeks later, she gave it back to me. She said, I just, I want you to keep it. I was like, oh. Thank you. I haven't had an occasion to wear it since, but it's a it's a beautiful jacket. I'll let you. Uh, I'll bring it with you after, when you have twins. It might be cold when we leave the hospital. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I don't want to get baby spit up on it. <laughs> we'll wait for another fancified party before we do that. <laughs> but I mean, that's these are the kind of stories that we had notes here in front of us. But these are the kind of things that made us think that it would, it would be cool to have a television show, Wes Osley's Magic Life, because right. every day really is an adventure. These are just some that, that pop out in our heads. Right. These are the ones we can remember. 
And I obviously some of those, even some of those details have gotten a little fuzzy, but yeah, being, we started filming that when, how old was Lana? Three, two? I th- we started filming in 2015, I think, because we were in Carbonero in 2014. So she was around three, because she turned four at the end of yeah. 2015, so okay. she was probably three. So, and that's been fun too, just in, in, just having Lana on on the tape you can go back and look at your videos that you've taken and it's like oh my goodness look how little she was and her little baby voice and the cute little things she's done so we always say even if it never gets picked up we have uh we have videos we can go back and look on when we're old with alzheimer's we can try and remember (laughs) well i mean i'm asking you what was i wearing what did that happen i mean if it's not on video or i don't have pictures of the show it's very, very, very unlikely that I'll even remember being there. 400 shows a year. It's, it's hard to remember them all, yeah. It's all a blur. Right. It's not easy to remember. I mean, try to remember that, yeah. That's like, if you had a photographic memory, you'd remember them. But, I mean, nobody remembers every single day of every single year. And so, especially during the summer when we're so busy, it'll just run together. One right into the other. Unless something crazy or spectacular happens like the trailer having to catch the trailer or going to british embassy where the real santa showed up um (laughs) but i think it's funny when people say uh you know where we live you've been to our house and you're looking at them and you're smiling and you're like i have no clue who you are (laughs) we had five shows that day we don't remember i mean that was right that was an hour and a half of a a, a 20 hour work day i remember when I, i was with you the first bit I was with you for, people would say hi to you in stores and things, and you would talk to them like you knew them, which is a good thing that you did because they knew you, and that made them feel good that you seemed to know who they were. But you would talk to them like you knew them, and I'd smile, and I'd say hi or whatever, and then they'd walk away, and I'd look at you, and I'd go, you didn't introduce me. You never introduced me when. I know. Why didn't you introduce me? It's like, you, I don't know who they are. It's like, oh. So I I quit saying that to you because it's like you're like I did a show for them apparently I don't I don't know who they are, okay because they remember you because you were the focal point for so long in their party, and but that was just one show out of many 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 shows. Or in so a theater, they could be one of a thousand people in the audience, right? And they see me for an hour and a half on stage, and they know my name, they know your name, they know Lana's name. And they've come to talk to you after the show, and they've come over and talked to me after the show, and but that's just one person out of hundreds that are there, and you can't remember everybody. So it is one of those, you smile, you always smile at them, you yeah. know, it's, you got, you got to be nice to everybody. Um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you wish you could, you wish you did have a photographic memory, you could remember everybody, but it's hard. It's not possible. So. Well, another thing, uh, I just got an email before we started taping this. So uh, before we wrap everything up, thank you guys so much for listening. We're having a blast doing this. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Uh, my email address, once again, is wesisley at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're having fun, which way you think we should go with the podcast. We do have some uh, guests coming up in the lineup. 
I know my publicist is going to be on in a couple weeks, and I have uh, another guy that I'm I'm hoping to get on. But um, my episode of Penn and Teller Fool Us is going to re-air Thursday, August 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So uh, let all your friends and family know, if you haven't seen the clip yet, um, that I'll be on national television on the CW Network, uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. It's the re-air episode, Thursday, August 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, I guess that's about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. One, two, three. See See you you next week. week. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind the scene videos, blooper videos, never before seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.